in the midst of life, we are in death, etc. I'm T. This is Burning Tarot, your not particularly weekly podcast in which we wander around in the woods here in Oregon, usually. You can hear my footsteps among the pines. And we draw a tarot card, or two, or in this case, three. We have a three-card reading for y'all. And this has to do with this very special moment and time of year. As I am pulling these cards, we are going through an eclipse, an annular solar eclipse in Scorpio. That's right, in Scorpio. You heard me. That's pretty deep and dark and maybe a little mysterious and maybe scary and maybe, you know, interesting. Um, For those of you who are sensitive to woo-woo events in the astrological realm, you might find that the eclipse season simply kicks your ass. That's my experience of it. So I'm actually pretty shocked to find myself giving a reading right now. Um, But as I was heading out, of the house, the cards called to me, and they were like, it's time. It's time. you got to pull some cards for the people of the little burning tarot land. So I'm like, okay, who am I to deny anyone that? And I came out here to the forest, which is a very restorative place for me. It's lovely. It's getting a little bleak this time of year. Some of our listeners are in much more lush places with much greener greenery. But here on the eastern slopes of the Cascade Mountains in Oregon, we have our own kind of beauty. And maybe you can hear that the wind is kicking up in the Ponderosa Pines, making them whisper. And a very cool, I'm going to say it's a squirrel that made that little noise. Could have been a bird. I don't know which yet. Might have been a corvid. We've got, we get crows, we get ravens, we get lots of Stellar's jays. And those guys are pretty smarty pants at making the funny noises. Yeah, so Nature Walk is part of what we do here at the Burning Tarotlandia. And as I walked into the woods, into the matchstick forest with lots of small trees, where I feel pretty safe and unseen, I saw some tufts of hair. You might notice them in the photograph that accompanies this reading. I followed them around. I I gave a little bow to the gray squirrel that seemed to have very, very recently lost its life. Lost its life to what is very natural. And what this time of year, Samhain, reminds us. We are part of a great cycle. And we might wince or squirm or cry at the sight of a plant dying, an animal dying, someone we love dying. But it is extremely natural. It's part of the whole biscuit. You don't get the life without the death. And then I found more and more of this creature. And after looking at its fur up close, I am no longer convinced it was a gray squirrel. But I don't know who it was. I find big holes out here in the forest where animals that I never see must live. And I know them to have habitat here. So this would be things like badgers and uh, 
I don't know. I'm not sure how much of this animal I found. But there was also, I could see the place where whatever killed it had scuffled with it. There were the claw marks on the ground and the disturbed pine needles. And then I saw where it had met its doom. There was a pile of poop there. At first I was like, that kind of looks like soupy deer scat. What is it doing here? And then I thought, well, whatever this animal was, this was probably one of the last things it did. Evacuate its bowels. This is what we do in the face of fear. In the face of fear, we shit our pants. In the face of fear, we let go of stuff. And at this eclipse moment what some astrologers call, um, well, I don't know about a bunch, but I know this one guy, Adam Summer, does. It's called a, a dragon hole. Because if you follow the Vedic astrology of the north and south nodes are considered to be the head and tail of a dragon. And there's some cool mythology behind that. And, uh, and of course, those are the locations where the eclipses happen. And so this eclipse uh, is happening at the dragon's butt. (laughs) Dragging around at the dragon's tail. That suggests here's something we can look to. There will be a, a lunar eclipse on November something or other, I don't know, maybe around the 5th in Taurus. And that will be happening at the dragon's head. So that's telling us where we're moving toward. And that what we're experiencing right now is what we need to leave behind. What does this have to do with our cards? You're like, okay, astrology, I get it, I get it. And I want the cards. (laughs) Well, the cards fit in marvelously. I pulled for our card today. It began with the Six of Wands reversed. We're using Cat Black's Golden Tarot, as we so often do. Wonderful deck. Using uh, paintings, Renaissance paintings, that kind of thing, to collage together beautiful illustrations for the Tarot. Roughly based on the Smith Rider Waite model. So Six of Wands, if you hold it right side up, you're going to see white horse. Actually, I think we had one of these recently. In a recent podcast, we pulled this right side up. Um, So white horse, um, people coming back from battle. They look a little beaten up, but they're victorious. They're holding uh, banners indicating that they are victorious. And, um, And it's great, isn't it? In other decks, they might be depicted with like a laurel wreath on their head. Well, when we when we pull the six of wands upside down, instead of this feeling of victory and triumph, coming back from the battle, woohoo, we did it, we have more of a feeling of apprehension. We have a feeling of, I don't even know if I want to go into the battle. I'm just not really into it, you guys. We have fear. We have fear of movement. We have fear of going where we need to go next. And that moment of fear, of apprehension, 
can let us, can force us, can cause us, inspire us to let go of some shit. Just like hopefully we will do when we prepare for our actual deaths. We'll let some stuff go. Stuff that needs to be let go of. No, speaking of corvids, very loud ravens. Hello, guys. They never say hello back. Why is that? Um, The next card in our little chain here is like, well, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with this pause of apprehension, this moment of fear? I, I just didn't want to take the six of wands reversed lying down. And I am kind of exhausted, so I was like, okay, cards, just tell me, what order, where are we going here? I don't want to come up with it myself. You tell me. Cards brought us another six. It's the six of swords. And you can see the six of swords. It's usually you see a man pushing a boat along. A woman holding a baby, or maybe a child is next to her. Um... Some depictions say that the man is a ferryman, like they've, they've paid him to take, him, uh, take them across the river. And of course, even just the word ferryman always reminds me of the river Styx and the great journey into Hades. Um, but, this, but you can also kind of read it as a small family. Mama, dad, a baby. They're trying to get somewhere. So this can mean that we have a journey directly in front of us, that something must be hurried up, that maybe we were satisfied to just kind of sit around with. And that could be the apprehension itself, the sensation of fear. of like, hi, I'm stuck, and I'm not really going anywhere, and I don't want to go into battle, heaven knows. Maybe I'm just projecting all this on the Six of Wands, really. But that, that, that stuckness and fear, this coming along with the Six of Swords afterwards, the cards are telling us, hey, it's time to get moving. You can't just sit on your butt being afraid. You've done some of that. All right, that's natural. That's okay. But now you got to move. Um, and that might require using that clever little brain that you have. Marshalling your resources, trying to figure out what do you want and how should you get there. Sometimes the Six of Swords turns out to be a kind of homecoming card. So if you have had a feeling of being called back to something that you miss or something that had resonance for you, particularly in your younger years or childhood, um... It could be a place, like actually to move someplace. But it could be a group of people. It could be a job. It could, it really could be kind of anything. Um, <clears throat> if you've been contemplating that move, this might be a really good time for that move. If you decide, okay, fears, apprehensions, whatever, I'm pushing you aside now. I'm hitting go. Hitting the go button. Here we go. This is a positive time for that kind of energy. For those of us who haven't been contemplating any such move, we might find ourselves being pushed forward by a kind of current in the Great River. Hello, cute bird. We might find that birds come and bring us messages. Um, 
So there is a sense, there can be a sense of forward movement and or urgency. Not super duper urgency, like get going right now. But like, okay, it's time. Let's do movement. Where does this lead us? Well, I think that what I've just described, this fear and apprehension, moving into the, so that's the six of wands reversed, moving into the six of swords, where we get something moving, we get in the boat. Uh, I think that whole process is going to be this week. And, you know, maybe about 10 days, up, up till that next eclipse. And this is Samhain, which uh, here in the U.S. we tend to call Halloween. But the Samhain season, and that's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. You've probably run into it. Um, so Samhain doesn't just have to be like Halloween night. It's more of a season, a particular Celtic take on, um, on this fall season. Oh, here comes the wind, you guys. I don't have the wind sock on. Use a little bit of the scarf. Whew, chilly. Uh, hope you can hear this. So, Samhain season is famously when the veil thins between the worlds. And what that means is that if you are someone who receives messages from your ancestors or your dead friends or maybe just random dead people, and I know some of you do have that, <laughs> you could call it a skill, uh, you could call it a talent, you could call it a curse or a gift. Um, I have a little bit of that too. It's hard to work with, but this time of year, it gets really, really intense. If you're not someone who's normally subject to that kind of thing, you might find that some of it creeps through. It's not just plastic skulls and silly Halloween costumes and, oh, let's scare ourselves with a scary movie. This stuff is real in its woo-woo sense. So it's a good time to be open to those visitations because they might happen anyway. Uh, one way to allow yourself that openness is to set up an altar for your dead. And, um, you know, if you don't want to style it like, a, like an El Dia de los Muertos altar, out of concern for cultural appropriation, you don't have to style it that way. But honoring the ancestors is a good idea. Um, you could do a spirit house. And again, this might depend on how you feel about different practices coming from different cultures. Um, but in that practice, which I saw in Buddhist households in Thailand, you have a little house that you set outside of your house, kind of, some of them were large kind of shrines, others were more like a, kind of like a country mailbox in the U.S. Some were fancy, some were plain, but it's a, a place where you can send spirits, including your family spirits, so they have somewhere to hang out. And you can put food in there and that kind of thing. Um, and it's so they won't clutter up your house where you're living. Because <laughs> you might want that for yourself and your own spirit and your immediate household members. So these are activities we can do during Samhain. Um, people have different feelings about, is this a good time to practice magic? Um, I mean, that's like a whole giant discussion right there. You could say, okay, well, what is magic? 
Which kinds of magic are we talking about here? How skilled are you at doing those kinds of magic? You might be very skilled at doing kinds of magic that you don't even call them magic. Because you just, whatever, you haven't had the right woo-woo person jump in and say, Hey, you know, <laughs> that's actually such and so magic. Um, but I would say that uh, on an eclipse day or in the dragon hole, the portal that opens between the first eclipse and the second or sometimes third, you know, it's a very potent time. So be careful. Speaking of old horror movies and horror stories, you know, remember the old expression, be careful what you wish for? Yeah. So wishes and divinations and spells may be more potent and more amplified than usual. If you are a diviner and, and skilled, experienced, great time for that. If you are not a diviner, hire me to be a diviner for you because, hey, that's what I do. It's part of what I do. Um, or, or find somebody else who's uh, got some experience and some chops um, to do some readings with you or for you. And if you sit down to a reading for yourself and you feel um, like a bad feeling in the pit of your stomach or an overexcited feeling, you may decide like, this isn't really a good idea and just walk away. You can do that in the middle of a reading or you can do that if like if it was tarot, you've got the pack in your hands, you might just go, mm, I'm just going to sit this one out. We'll wait till after Samhain, at least this part of it. We'll wait till after that big eclipse, and then I'll come back to these cards. Uh, yeah, really listen to your intuition. We all should be paying um, extra special attention to that right now. If it's hard for you to hear your intuition, uh, try turning off the television and the music and the news. Turn the notifications off on your phone. Give yourself a few days without that. Uh, so that can be helpful. You can do some journaling, you know, scribble things down, preferably in a non-public form, like just writing in a, in a diary, pen on paper. So interesting things can come up in that action that will help you understand what your inner self is up to, what it wants. And this may really groove with your Six of Swords, that Six of Swords, that little boat you're getting on, you got to go somewhere. And um, opening up to your intuition without over flooding yourself with the kind of over the top potent energies of this time. This could help you figure out where you're going. Good stuff. And then where is all this going to take us? So this takes us into early November. And I'm very happy to report Sweetie darlings, dear friends who listen to Burning Darrow. Whew, yep, it's going into good news time. We have the Ten of Cups. All right, so I'm going to do the thing where you describe what's on the card instead of saying stuff about the card. <clears throat> the Ten of Cups, as depicted in Cat Black's Golden Tarot, shows a beautiful red-haired Madonna-esque figure, other than that red hair, uh, a white woman. These are all white people. That's just how it goes in this, uh, these Renaissance European paintings. 
Um, so, beautiful, long, red hair woman, dressed richly in red and black, is holding a baby. Happy baby. There is an older child nearby, maybe a five or six-year-old, who looks a bit impish and happy, with blonde curls. The dad is reaching over, the presumed dad, reaching around the children and the mom, and he's wearing a groovy hat, which is very important. Uh, and he's got some also groovy, kind of paisley golden jacket on. I really like this guy's clothes. Huh, I would totally wear all of that. But I'd take her hair. Long red hair, gorgeous. So back behind them is a nice kind of pastoral scene. Um, there's some kind of little cottage, some kind of human, far away, fields, rolling hills. And their castle is back there. Their small castle, very nice. And out of the castle is coming a rainbow. And dancing along that rainbow are ten golden goblets, ten cups. So yeah, not a bad card, right? So this is an, a card of emotional fullness. The fear, the standing in fear and shitting yourself and having to move forward. It's just kind of not fun, right? It's startling and weird. And getting stuck in the fear is, is really awful. But once we do it, and once we do it in a way that's nice to ourselves, right? We can move forward in a way that's conscious and real, but not too forceful. We're going to get on the boat but we're not going to beat ourselves up about it. That would be beside the point, right? And all of this activity takes us to a place of great emotion. They're not all going to be happy emotions, even though those are all like really happy images on that card. But there's a kind of fullness that maybe we've been lacking for a while. Maybe a lot of us have. I think with the pandemic and the whatever, the craziness, you know, the, the threats of civil war and this and that. It's been a really hard time for a lot of people for quite a long time now. And, um, and we have so much media that we're overwhelmed by all that news. We're, everything that's going on around us is amplified, you know, tenfold, a hundredfold. So our, our nervous systems are just zapped out, you guys. And I think getting to the ten, the ten of Cups place suggests that we're willing to let set aside or leave behind some fears and maybe some obsessions, some feeling of like needing to be obsessed with all that is bad needing to stir it around in our minds over and over and over. Going back to this bleak well of black, oily, muddy water and dipping our buckets down and drawing out another scoop full and drinking it. 
while we've been doing that, that sort of the anxiety and the negativity that are so easy to pick up on everywhere, some parts of our emotional being really would like to come out and play. And some of that might be a deeper feeling of grief rather than the surface surface level feeling of anxiety or anger. You know, underneath there might be grief and sorrow and we haven't been able to express it fully in a while. Um, But there's also love and joy and wonder and a sense of contentment and, and a really strong appreciation for what we have, for how beautiful our world is, how lucky we are to have our friendships, our families, to, for some people, have beautiful workplaces or careers where they can really shine and do good in the world. For other people, it might be the garden that you keep at home. It might be your relationship with your dog. It might just be the smile on your face as you walk by the estuary and you watch the birds land. And the Ten of Cups suggests that we are very soon, just in, you know, a couple weeks here, we're really going to have a much better ability to express all that and to feel all of it, to feel it from our heads to our toes, to just exist in our true emotional selves as part of this world and be with our feelings and be with our creativity, our lovingness. We're all going to feel that popping through and and let's be aware of that. Uh, Let's really give it the opportunity to do that. So we're moving from fear into love. To quote Laurie Anderson, who is in turn using William S. Burroughs' lyrics in her song, I turn around, it's fear. I turn around again, and it's love. This is a really interesting journey for us to take at this special time of year. So I'm very excited about these cards and about the idea of making that that movement, getting in that Six of Swords boat and allowing things to move and allowing myself to love. To love is to acknowledge vulnerability. It's to show up in all kinds of fullness and bigliness, you know, to, to let yourself have all the big feelings despite the fear. Not because there are no fears, <clears throat> but because cause you want the love enough, you know? You wouldn't be afraid if you didn't love something. Loving life, loving a society that appears to be having a lot of problems, loving a family that might be kind of messed up and full of weird dynamics, even loving your dog. These are all very risky propositions. Because none of these people or animals is going to live forever, including you. So our cards this week are asking us to be willing to take the risk. Be willing to look for moments of potential joy 
and, and block out other stuff. Take the time. Joy and love require our time and attention. And these cards say we can get there. It's, it's coming. So let's look out for those opportunities. And, oh, the wind. Okay, we're going to finish this here. I'm trying to get you out of the wind here. <clears throat> let's look for those opportunities. Have joy, have love. Have all the gooey goodness. I'm T, this is Burning Tarot. If you would like a personal reading of your own, or if you'd like to buy one to give to somebody else as a gift, you can pop over to my website. It's tiffanyleebrown.com. And there's a little link up at the top in the right-hand corner. It says shop. And you can buy a thing if you like. Tarot and astrology readings are there. And there's also an email newsletter sign up. Where is that? It must be under contact. And it's also on the Burning Tarot podcast page there. And please sign up for that. I really like to know who everybody is and of of the people who listen regularly and buy the readings and etc. The personal contact means a lot to me. To that end also, if this reading resonates with you or you have any comments about it, please drop me an email, uh, burningtarot at gmail.com which is a nice, easy one to remember. And um, yeah, just keep it to a couple, few sentences so I don't get totally overwhelmed. And I would love to read about how your Samhain is going. All right, off to the Ten of Cups with you. Goodbye.